Hey, um, we've got a treat for you, and uh, I've already talked about how we've got Kirk Delaney here from Australia. He's the National Director of the Vineyard Churches in Australia. He's a very busy guy, so it was so, so kind of him to say yes to our invitation to come over and be such a special part of our birthday celebrations. Uh, Those that were there this morning um, just uh, were encouraged, were uh, challenged, were inspired, were um, just more launched towards Jesus through this morning, which was wonderful. But what we'd like to do um, before he, I get him to come up is that we've got a welcome song for him. Okay, so if you, it's, and we're going to have the words, we're going to put it up on here and there's some words there. If you want to sing along to the song, you're very welcome. Okay, so this is, uh, this is the welcome song for Kirk. So Kirk is our guy, so uh, be nice to him, Uh, he's still a little bit tender today, we watched the rugby together last night, and uh, so uh, it was fun, Uh, but come on up Kirk, give him a big warm uh, Coast Vineyard welcome. Yeah, see, he's real, we've been talking about him for weeks and he's real and he's here, we're so stoked, I'd love to just pray and then I'll hand it over to you my friend. God, I just thank you for Kirk. I pray that you would anoint him. Now, the, the, your word talks about anointing for tasks by your spirit. And we ask for your spirit to come now and anoint him. And God, open our ears and our hearts for what you would have for each one of us. That this wouldn't just be a talk. This wouldn't just be good to listen to. This would be something where, God, you would use to plant something of your love and your life and your power in our hearts. So bless him and bless us, God, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All yours. Thanks, Matt. (laughs) Thanks, Matt. And um, thanks to the video crew for that great video introduction. Um, I can't remember who was responsible for that. It's Katie. There she is. Yes. You, over there. (laughs) You, You know, you're a lot of fun. You are a lot of fun. I was thinking about, after watching that, I was just thinking about you. And um, the way God's made you, I think uh, I think God's going to use you in some pretty amazing places and spaces, just to bring a whole bunch of joy to people's lives. I just, it's all over you, Katie. It's good stuff. Thank you, Lord. Hey, this evening, just thank you, firstly, for um, inviting me to your celebrations. It's great to be with you and be a part of what God's doing here at Coast Vineyard. And uh, um, I, I love a good party. I probably don't dress the same as Matt does when I go to parties, but we've got something, someone to learn from and to follow. That's why you're the leader, Matt. So uh, don't be surprised if next weekend a whole bunch of... Oh, you won't be here. Bring out your wigs next weekend. Matt's not here, all right? Everyone bring your wigs. It'll be a good time. We'll get the group photo and send it to you while you're there in the States, mate. Um, hey, listen, this evening I want to just spend a little bit of time talking about... God's big vision and your part in it and, uh, and how that's uh, a really important thing to get a grip on because um, without vision, uh, King Solomon once said, without vision people perish. And basically what he was saying is, if you don't have a sense of God vision in your life, you are going to end up filling your life full of yourself and you can't get over yourself, you can't get outside yourself, you're going to be so wrapped up by yourself that you're stuck. And you actually don't have a vision beyond your sense of personal gain and self. And, and he says, when you're in that place, you're actually dying on the inside because you're actually dying on the outside. And um, so this evening, I want to talk just a little bit about vision and the importance of vision. And um, if you go to that first slide there, um, next one down, I'll go to the second slide, actually. Uh, the Apostle Paul, when he was writing his letter to the Colossians, 
he posed this, um, he made this statement at the end of Colossians 1, 23. He says, this is the gospel that you've heard. He's talked about the gospel of the Lordship of Jesus Christ that's been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So the question I want us to sort of plug away at tonight as we um, spend time with God is, is ask the question, whose vision for life are you serving? Because the, the reality is, whatever you're putting out in front of yourself, that's where you're going. Whatever you're esteeming or dreaming about, that's where you're going. And a lot of the time we get um, in the absence of actually having a real-life, connected, dynamic relationship with the living God in Jesus. In the absence of that, what we do is we get busy dreaming up a preferred future for ourselves, And we get busy working at that. And we get busy trying to find careers that will fill that sense of, oh gosh, I'm just looking for purpose. Someone tell me what I'm for. And we spend a lot of time, energy and resource seeking out that preferred vision when all along God is making the mystery of his will and work known. And he's actually in the scriptures given us guys like Paul who've said, hey, I have found out the mystery of God's will on what this whole thing is on planet Earth, and I've actually become a servant of that work of God, of that life. And he then goes and lives that. And I mean, it was obviously a pretty big vision for Paul. I mean, it knocked him off the horse to begin with, but then he ends up writing a whole bunch of what God decides would be a really good thing called the Scriptures to hand on to the generations to come. And so this guy, he had a sense of vision. So my question to all of us tonight is, whose vision are we serving? Um, And um, just before I get into this, tonight we're going to read three small verses of Scripture from the book of Ephesians. And as we do, just keep this in mind, this is the backstory, all right? Like every good movie, there's a backstory so that you get, get what's going on on the screen in front of you. So there's a backstory to this letter that Paul's writing. He's actually writing it not from the comfort of his own home. He's writing it from prison. And he's he's in prison because of his faith in Jesus. Okay, so he's writing from a place of real difficulty and, uh, and oppression. But he's writing to the Ephesian Christian church. Now, this group of believers in Ephesus... They were living in a, in a town which was a really powerful um, economic hub. And it was a powerful place where there was a lot of um, spiritual activity as well in the Roman Empire at the time. And so the backstory is the major spiritual power base that was at work in Ephesus was this um, temple worship of the god called Artemis or Dinah. And uh, it was a female god. And basically, everyone, a whole bunch of the economy and all of the political leaders and anyone who had any say in the well-being of the affairs of Ephesus were all involved in the worship of Artemis. And they even had like businesses um, all around the temples of Artemis. And so these businesses were things like silversmiths and 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 uh, workers of metal, and they would make little little. Um, um, idols of uh, Artemis and they would sell them and so there was a whole economy wrapped up with this thing and then all of a sudden Paul comes to town in a couple of his missionary journeys and at one point he hangs with them for three years this is before he's in prison he hangs with them for three years and he starts preaching about the good news of the gospel that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he's risen from the dead and there's good news for everyone now because you no longer have to worship people and gods like Artemis because now there's a true living resurrected God called Jesus Christ and you can give your life to him. Well, my goodness, it tells us in the book of Ephesians that a whole, well, actually, if you want to read the backstory, read Acts 18, 19 and 20 because that's the backstory. And, but, and let me tell you what's going on in the backstory. Is Acts 18, 19, and 20, it says there's these crazy things going on whenever Paul's telling the good news of the gospel of Jesus has risen from the dead, and that means now we can also live forevermore and that God's kingdom has come. Um, as he's preaching this, People are turning to Jesus. They're turning away from Artemis. They're turning away from all these political powers. And they're turning to Jesus and they're giving over their lives to Jesus Christ. Well, that upsets everyone who's making a living on Artemis because no one's buying their products anymore. Because all of a sudden, um, 
No, Artemis isn't God. Jesus is. And so what happens is literally the book of Acts tells us there's riots in the streets. You ever seen some of that stuff on TV where there's riots in the streets? Well, there's riots going on in the street because Paul is preaching good news. And all of a sudden, the whole town is hit with this massive upheaval because the powers of the spiritual age to come in Jesus, the promises of God, are now breaking into this city. And all of a sudden, all the spiritual powers that have had sway and captivity of people's lives are being broken open and uprooted, and people are being set free from the oppression of all of that. And now, what's going on? People are turning to Jesus. Riots in the streets. But get this. Here's some of the other really wild, crazy stuff that's going on. The Bible tells us in Acts 19 that Paul was doing extraordinary miracles. While this was taking place, as he's, he's doing the words, he's saying, proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand, and he's doing the works. He's healing the sick, casting out demons, um, and, um, and declaring good news for people, um, giving sight to the blind, and so forth. But then it says, he's doing extraordinary miracles. Now, I would just like to play a lot of the time at the level of miracles. But the Bible says there's actually a whole other level of the miraculous, and it's called the extraordinary miracles. And this, Paul is like proclaiming the kingdom, the power of the Spirit is falling on this city, extraordinary power of God is, is breaking through, and things like this. So people who couldn't get to these meetings like this, where, where Paul was proclaiming the kingdom, Paul would just say, give us your, your aprons, give us your hankies. And he would just like touch them. He said, now take your aprons and your hankies home and lay them on the sick. And sick people were then being healed by just the mere fact that Paul's saying, just here, take, take this hanky and touch someone with it. I'm like, now there's one to put into the, you know, the toolkit. Try that one. If you, if you can't get to something, try that one. I mean, it's, this is stuff that's in the Bible. It sounds like it's a bit far out there, but this was going on as the kingdom of God was breaking in. Aprons, touching sick people, and they were being healed. People were being set free from demonic power and hold over their life, so much so that there's these other guys that are kind of watching what's happening with the Jesus people and with Paul, these guys called the sons of Sceva, and they're like, yeah, 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 we want to get in on this too. And so, But they're not full-blown into Jesus. They just want to play with the power of Jesus. And so they're like, if we use the name Jesus, people are getting set free from spiritual powers and demons. So they get busy trying to <laughs> use the name of Jesus to set people free. And the scriptures tell us, Luke tells us as he's recorded in, in Acts, it's, it, what happens is all of a sudden the demons turn, you know, say to the sons of Sceva, Hey, we know Jesus, we know Paul, but we don't know you. And then these poor people who were demonized, they would actually manifest in real violence towards the sons of Sceva. And basically the scripture says these guys got their butts whipped by these, by these poor people who were oppressed by demons. In other words, the demons even recognized the power of the name of Jesus to set people free. But they also recognized who were the legitimate ones to be able to exercise the authority of the kingdom and those that were just interested in playing with power over people's lives. And so, friends, this is all going on as Paul is proclaiming the good news into, um, into this context. And the other crazy thing that's going on is there's all these um, sorcerers and people that are all into all other sorts of witchcraft and spiritual practices and Wiccan and you name it, all, all this sort of stuff. And they are literally seeing what's happening to people who are receiving Jesus. Their lives are turned inside out. And so these people are coming to Paul and they're bringing all of their spiritual relics and artifacts and special books and potions and, 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 and uh, you know, special incantations and spells and they're putting them all into a big heap and setting them on fire and burning them to nothing and saying, we want to live because Jesus is risen and he really is God and what we've been messing around with is false. It is not God, but it's been pretending to be. And so all of this is going on in the background. Now, Paul, you've got to remember, yes, he's a Jesus man as he's writing this, but he's also coming with a long backstory. 
He's arrived at this point. He's a good Jewish guy. And so he's writing this story with that long promise and the long history of God that way, way, way back in the book of Genesis, God said to a man called Abraham, I will bless the whole world through you. And Paul lives that lineage and that story. And he's bringing all of that with him to the Jesus story. And he's saying, guys, this is it. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. The long promise and story of God of healing and redemption for the whole world is right here and right now in the person of Jesus Christ. And so tonight, as we read these three scriptures, you've got to hold all that backstory. In, in mind. Okay, so when, so, so as we're reading this, let's go to the first one, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. This is an amazing letter. You've got to get your teeth into this one. I could spend like 20 hours just in the first few verses of this chapter. It's amazing stuff when you understand the backstory. But in just this verse alone, Ephesians 1, 10, Paul says, God has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times have reached, uh, when the times have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Jesus Christ. Now, <clears throat> traditionally, I grew up in a setting where I was told the will of God for Kirk's life was that Kirk would turn from his sin, accept Jesus Christ, as crucified and resurrected, and by faith, saying, "Uh, thank you for that work of Jesus and having my sins forgiven, I would get to go to heaven and spend eternal life with God. Now, that is true. That is true. That is indeed true. But when Paul writes here, he's showing us there's that may be a part of the story and a very important part of the story that each and every one of us in this room needs to engage with. But there's a much bigger reality going on than just you. A massive reality going on. Because what God is doing in Jesus is he is bringing everything of the heavens and the earth to restoration in the person of Jesus. He's bringing it all together. He's He's not trashing planet earth and neither should we. But God in Jesus is saying everything that's fractured about the relationship that earth currently experiences with the heavens, everything that's been on tilt and broken because of the reality of sin. And Paul uses language like even creation is groaning, groaning and calling out for the the, the kingdom to come. And so in Jesus Christ, the new heaven and earth reality is being made known in the earth. And Paul is saying that future that is to come, has now started right here and right now. Right here and right now in Jesus. In Jesus. Now, if you read all of Ephesians chapter 1, the number of times that Paul says, in Jesus, in Jesus, through Jesus, in Jesus, it's all about Jesus. God has started something so amazing. He's fulfilled something of long promise in history, and he has started something of the future right now. And so we're not sitting here waiting to get to heaven. We're actually now with God in what his big mission and vision is, which is to see the heavens restored to the earth in the person of Jesus. It's an amazing thing if you can let your head get around that. It actually starts to then begin to give us a sense of purpose for why we're here and why we're now. Eternal life is the kingdom of God breaking into the earth now and into the ages to co- and and from the age to come. So, if this is what God's doing and it's it's a, it's been a mystery. It's it, Paul says it's been like a s- episode of CSI. You know, it's like but the thing about an episode of CSI is you have to wait till the end of the program to see who really done it. Well, the good the good news of the gospel is that we know the end of the CSI episode because it's been revealed to us in Jesus now. 
And that's why we see people set free from demonic power. That's why we see the sick healed. That's why we see generosity flowing from the people of God towards the poor and towards those that don't have. That's why we see people who want to have a good sense of stewardship about the created world and, and their, their care of it. As all of this is in play. It's not just about getting to heaven. It's about getting to Jesus and what Jesus is doing. And what he is doing is he's bringing all things unto himself. And that's why this kingdom gospel, when we advance it, when we proclaim it, when we start to go towards our friends and our families and say, hey, there really is good news happening in this crazy, what seems like messed up, broken world. There is this amazing good news reality where there are thousands of people, even right this minute, all over the world, who are turning their lives over to the lordship of Jesus Christ. His kingdom is expanding and growing in the earth like never before. In fact, Jesus even referred to it. It's like yeast. And it takes a small amount to affect a big batch of dough. The kingdom is growing and expanding, and we get to be on the front edge of that. The mystery of his will. What's his will? We spend so much time running around going, Oh God, oh God, what is your will? What is your will? So that I could know what my purpose is in this life. Well, this is his will. His will is that Jesus would become so famous in every single person's life that the heavens and this earth that we now live in would resound with praise to him. In fact, the psalmists talk about the day that his glory would cover the earth like the sea. It would just be this resounding whoosh, Jesus is Lord. And all people would come into the promise of the fulfillment of true life in that. So if that's what Jesus is doing, and if that's what his will is about, where am I in that big map of activity that God's doing? Because that, that's a global cosmic thing that's going on. It's, my, it's massive. And often sometimes when something's super big, we look at that and we go, well, where am I in that? What's my place in all of that? Well, let's go to the next scripture if we could, thanks. Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. Paul says, makes this awesome statement. He says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, I just think this is super hot, what Paul's on about here. Um, a couple of years ago, my wife and I, we got to travel to Europe. And, in, and while we were in Europe, we went to Amsterdam and we went to the Museum of Van Gogh. Now, look, you know, art to me and stuff, I'm like, hey, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> thanks, that's great. <laughs> but, you know, but... They build a museum to this dude because he's like, you know, apparently it's like full on art. And, uh, and so anyway, Nicole says, well, we've got to go. I'm like, all right, eh? And so we go and we get the little headsets so that you could walk around and do the self-guided tour and you get to painting number 42 and you dial in 42 and it gives you the story of what was going on. Well, Van Gogh, he actually died as a young bloke. He suicided as a young bloke. In, and, um, but his, his earlier life was that um, when he was a young guy, about 18, 19, he left home and his father was actually a pastor and he left home and he went to, to London to be like an art dealer and sell, sell artworks and stuff. And while he was there, he was kind of like dissatisfied with that and then he came back home and he actually started to study to become a, a pastor. And he was, as he was doing his studies and stuff, he actually then went to the cold fields in... I can't think of where they were, someplace in Europe. Um, and, he's, and he preached to the coal miners about Jesus Christ. And he, would, he was this red-hot evangelist preacher. And anyway, so he's doing all of this. But then somewhere, somewhere along the line, he started to come up against some spiritual opposition to all of that. And he started to experience moments of depression and difficulty. And as he did that, he then turned to... Uh, and hanging around some of, some other artists that weren't pro-Jesus. And in the context of all of that, his red-hot relationship with Jesus dialed right off, and then he became a man who was really struggling to understand his place in life again. 
And the tragedy of it was that he produced all this amazing artwork and when I look at his artwork now and I know his backstory and as I look at it, I can see in his artwork that he's trying to reflect something of who he is. He's trying to tell the world, this is who I am and this is who God is. And he's trying to somehow communicate that in a way from his brokenness. Now, the tragedy is he took his life at a young age. But the interesting thing is that scripture that Paul's using there, when he uses the word, we are God's workmanship, he's got this really, he uses this really awesome Greek word, um, which I can't pronounce, so I say Greek word. And that Greek word in the English means poem, means poem. It's where we get the English word poem from. And basically... What Paul is getting on about here is he's saying that each and every one of us, as we come alive to who we are because of Jesus, we are actually God's artwork to the world. We are his poetry. We are his music. We are his mathematicians. We are his, uh, you know, creative bakers. We, we are his workmanship that reflects something of the reality that Jesus is Lord and we have come alive in the hope of God because of Jesus. What's your purpose? Your purpose, my purpose, your purpose is to be you. Your purpose is to be you. We spend so much time running around trying to find ourselves in the reflected image of others. I, want, I just want to be like, huh. I just want to do life like they do it. I just want to be them. And we spend all our lifetime, energy and resources so much trying to understand ourselves reflected in the image of others when all along the hope of the good news of God is he's restoring you to be you. And you don't have to pretend to be anyone else. I just love that testimony that was up the front here before. You just said those very words. This was a place where I could be me. This is, this is your purpose. Because you are a gift of the artwork of God, of the creative genius of God in Jesus to the world. And the world is just aching for you to be you. The world's desperate for people who would just know who they are and with the confidence and the love of God, extend themselves towards others and say, guess what? Hook into Jesus and you too can come alive into who you really are as God's great idea. And he loves you dearly and you are a gift to the world. That's your purpose, friends. That's my purpose. I mean, this stuff gets my blood going. Does it, it makes my heart pump. I mean, we sang that song at the start. We're coming alive. We're coming alive. Well, that's what you're doing. You're coming alive in Jesus. You see, he's the resurrected one. He's taken all of your sin, all of your doubt, all of your unbelief, all of your brokenness, and he's nailed it on a cross and buried it in the earth. And he's risen over the top of it and he says, guess what, friends? New life for you right now. You no longer need to live like you once did. Just leave it in the grave and rise to new life. Paul uses words like this. Consider yourself now dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. See, we don't have to live like we did anymore. And that's what was going on in the book of Acts. The whole city was getting upheaved. There's all this upheaval going on because people were coming alive. They no longer were bound and under oppressive spiritual rulers and powers. They were no longer bound by false gods. They were no longer bound by false economy for security. They were set free to live. And people were turning to Jesus. Just get a, just get a whiff of that for this, this town, this community right here. Right here where God's asked you to do kingdom life and to be the artwork that he has made this place called Coast Vineyard to be. Oh, come on. Look out. Look out, world. The king's on his way. The king is here. 
your purpose and my purpose is to reflect the the reality and the creative purposes and the great ideas of what God did when he said it's a good idea that each and every one of you should be fashioned in your mother's womb. You know, I love the Bible. Because when I read the Bible and I get the backstory and I put the pieces together and I really get into it, it's like, oh my gosh, this stuff will like totally change your life. Who struggles to read the Bible? I struggle to read the Bible a lot of time. Who struggles? Just put it up there, put the hand up. I want to pray for you right now that God would lose a passion by the Spirit in you to read the Bible. Can you just like just be bold, put your hand right up, right up, guys. Holy Spirit, just everyone in this room right now, there's, there's a stirring in them to want to know you, God, and through the Scriptures know you even greater in what you're doing and what you're doing with them. And I just pray now, Holy Spirit, you release fresh hunger in this season to have a great appetite for the Bible, to get into the Bible and give them such will, resurrection will, to be able to like order their day and say with a sense of self-control under the Spirit, say, okay, that stuff's going to wait. I'm getting, into, I'm getting into the Word right now. I'm taking some time. I'm just prioritizing that. Oh, God, I pray that there would be, you would just release fresh spiritual hunger for your Word. In Jesus' name, for their well-being and for the purposes that you have for them in what you're doing, Lord Jesus, in and through their life. Amen. Amen. All right, last one. I'm going to be really quick on this one. I promise. Last one. 310. So these are really cool. 110, 210, 310. 110, 210, 310. And um, let's read 310. So it was his intent that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purposes, which he has accomplished in Christ Jesus. 110. God's bringing it all together unto Jesus in his resurrected new life. The new creation of the future has begun right here and right now in every person and in his created order as he's restoring things. 2.10, God has has, um, declared that each and every one of us should be his creative person and presence reflecting his image into the world that the world would join in with what Jesus is doing. 3.10, now he's talking about the church. The Jesus people. The Jesus people. The manifold, it was his intent that through the church, his manifold wisdom. That word manifold, that's a really awesome word too. But that word basically just means the very dynamic, colourful wisdom of God. And if I was to paint, uh, you know, put all the colours of the spectrum in front of you and then have the infrared and the ultraviolet and all of that all in front of us. We're talking about that dynamic. The ma- that's, that's, God was like so colourful and purposeful about ensuring that his wisdom would be now made known through the church. And look where it hits when the Jesus people get this. It says, um, oh sorry, go back, go back one for me if I if I could go, yeah, that's it, awesome. Look where it hits. When the people of Jesus are actually living their purpose in God and joining in with what Jesus is doing, look where it hits. It hits the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. They get really arced up about the fact that people are actually coming alive and no longer being held under spiritual oppression. The thing is, we think like earth is here, And then there's this big gap. And then there's heaven up there. Because, you know, we're traditionally taught that way. But that's not Bible. That's not Bible. The writers of the Bible, they understood that the heavens and the earth were this one reality. There's this dynamic interplay between them at all times. And the story of Genesis tells us that there is a fracture in that. And it's wobbling along, but God's redeeming it now in Jesus. But there's this interactive play. And so whatever we do here on planet Earth, there's reverberations of that going on in the heavens. And there's interplay. That's why we have to deal with things like spiritual warfare. Can't go into that tonight. Read the end of Exodus. 
Ephesians, Ephesians 6, the last thing Paul writes in that letter, it's all about spiritual warfare and put your armor on, folks, because this is going to be a battle. But when we start to come alive in Jesus, the works of the enemy are threatened. And so are the political powers in the earth that are influenced by the enemy. A good illustration of that is in what you would call um, um, areas in the world <coughs> where the church is persecuted and they have, to, they have to go underground. They have to go underground. Now, the reason why they have to go underground is because those who are in power and influenced by the authorities and spiritual rulers over those earthly powers are threatened by the reality of Jesus. And so by the mere fact that they're trying to drive them underground is actually proclaiming to the world, this is a threat. This Jesus power is actually a true and living threat to our hold on power and over people. And if we let this Jesus thing get out of control, our whole country could get turned over. And so we have to do everything we can to oppress and suppress. And that's what... Paul's in prison, don't forget when he's writing this. He's trying, to get, he's trying to be shut down. And he's writing to the church and saying, guys, don't let the spiritual powers and authorities that are at work in the heavens and are reverberating because we're saying yes to God and we're coming alive in the earth to Jesus and what he's doing, don't let those powers shut you down and drive you under. They're going to get upset. They're gonna, they're gonna, there's going to be upheaval. This is what it looks like. That's why there was riots in the streets where Paul was preaching. Because people don't want to hear it. Because when we're preaching it, they actually come into the understanding that Jesus Christ is Lord. And they are pretty cranky about that. <laughs> and they don't want him to be. But God calls us into this amazing thing that now through the way that the Jesus people do this together, do this coming alive thing together, celebrating the grace on each other's lives, cheering each other on in the coming aliveness that God has won for us in Jesus. As we do this together, so we reflect to our region, so we reflect and reverberate into our region, into our relationships, into our workplaces, into our universities and schools. We reflect the reality that Jesus is alive and that's why I'm alive. This is an incredible gospel that we've been called to and invited into. It's not just about getting to heaven so you could live forever. The fact that we have secured our relationship with God in eternity means that now we can be fully functional and fully activated in the things of God. 1, 10, 2, 10, 3, 10. This is pretty cool. I'll leave it at that. 1, 10, 2, 10, 3, 10. Let me just... Um, uh, let's go back to or the second last slide, thanks. The big vision and mission of God is that in Jesus, he has and is bringing together all of heaven and earth. It's not way then, or we're not waiting for it way down there. It's actually happening right now because Jesus has risen. That has started now. And we're caught up in the mystery of all of that. 2.10, you, me, we, we are God's artwork, his poem. We are the unique bringers of Jesus' kingdom to the earth, even as it is in heaven. We finally get to understand who we are and what our purpose is. 310, the church, our life together in God. N.T. Wright uses this language. He says, we're a signpost of the kingdom that has come and is coming. In other words, we're saying to the world, hey, guys, you should try living life this way. You really should because you'll come alive too, all because of Jesus. And we're also a rebuke to the powers. Because we're saying to them, hey, you think you have power, but you really don't because Jesus Christ is Lord. And we're prepared to live for him. And we're prepared to honour him in all that we do. And it's the wisdom of God that it would come through the church. That what God did in Jesus, he is now doing in his church.
what God did in Jesus, he's now doing in his church. You guys here at Coast are an amazing gift to the world. So I'm going to leave it at that. We're going to pray. And um, I felt like God was going to, wanted to do a few things tonight while I was just during worship there. I felt like he shared a few things with me. But let me pray first and then we'll come back to this because there's some healing words that I think God wants to heal some people tonight. Let's just, uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives right now. You're like totally breaking in with love and we just say, yes, God, more. Just let there be more in this room, in, this, in, in the hearts of people right now in this room. Just wash, wash through, Lord, with, with your love and your power and bring a fresh revelation of Jesus. A fresh revelation of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. We love you. We love you. And we welcome you to help us to get a grip on just how big and deep and wide this love of Jesus really is. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us. Now, I just feel like as you've got your heads bowed there and your eyes closed, I feel like Jesus is actually starting to um, put some vision in front of you of what he's doing in your life. The people around you, the settings that you live in every day, the relationships and friendships that you have, I feel like Jesus is starting to show you what he's doing and he's inviting you to join him in that. Just take, let's just take a moment to get a sense of that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so I just pray now, God, that you would you would just give us this boldness and this willingness just to go, yes, Lord, I'll follow you. And just follow you into those places and relationships that I might be your your artwork, your gift of life, reflecting the reality that you are good, Lord, and that you love the people I'm with. I pray great joy and freedom over you to walk in that. This is the gift of God. I pray great joy over you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. I just felt like as we we're praying there too, that maybe there's a few of you in this room who's like, you know what, I, I actually need to... Uh, it's like you've been coming closer to Jesus. It's like you've kind of been like, you know, from here to the wall away, but all of a sudden it's feeling like now I'm here to the wall away. It's the, it's the callings of God. He's drawing you to himself. He loves you. He's calling you, he's, and he's saying, come to me and I'll give you life. Come to me and I'll give you life. Is there anyone in the room, anyone in the room that's going on for him right now, just like before, just pop your hand up. Just, it's, that's, like, that's going on for me tonight. It's like, I know Jesus is drawing me near. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Listen, can, can, I just want to pray. Can I pray particularly for you guys? I just want to honor you and what God's doing in your life right now. So anyone else, Jesus is like, over here, okay, you're getting closer still. This is good. You too. God bless you. Let's just, I, I, we just want to esteem you before the Lord. And what that means is Paul, when he encourages people to pray for others, he's, he uses language like esteem them before, before God, which really means, he says, lift them up before God with the affections of your heart. So that's what we're going to do for, for you right now. 
We're going to lift you up with the affections of our heart before our God. And we're going to ask him to pour out his kindness, his grace, his forgiveness, his, his, his kingdom over you again. So why don't you just close your eyes and we're going to pray for you. Some of those just nearby, can you just reach over and pop your hand on their shoulder? Just these two folk here. Yeah, just reach, just reach around because just, we, we want to bless you. We want to bless you. Over here, just make sure we've got someone, this gentleman that popped his hand up here. Yeah, just behind you there, mate. Yeah. There was another person over here somewhere. Uh, we just want to bless what God's doing in your life right now. Over here, these two over here. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are drawing people to Jesus in this room tonight. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for those folk who just right now are saying, you know what, that's happening for me. We, we esteem them to you, God. Out of the affections of our, our collective heart, we just want to lift them up before you, God, right now. Just say, hey, God, let the fullness of your loving countenance fall on them. Fall on them right now. Touch them right now. Let their hearts come alive to the knowledge that you have saved them and that they're saying, yes, Lord, I'm coming to you. Bless them with a, a filling now of your Holy Spirit. Bless them with a filling of your Holy Spirit that would just affirm that reality that's going on for them right now. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And in the name of Jesus, we just declare sin is forgiven. We just declare life restored. We just declared hope forevermore over you. We declare a new life in God is yours in the name of Jesus. And you now too are with us ones of the people of Jesus who get to do this thing called the kingdom of God. You are greatly prized. You are greatly valued among God and among us. And we bless you in the name of Jesus. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can I just like, I just want to like cheer you on and say, yes, yes, well done. Can we just give these guys a clap and say, "Woo, awesome, good choice, good choice, good choice. Uh, the other things is, I felt like tonight there were some people in the room that Jesus wanted to heal. In particular, there was going to be some, there's someone here with their, their right calf or their, their right ankle, um, is giving them some pain. Um, the calf was more like, I felt like if, if you'd been running and the bottom of your calf has just got like a, it's like it's, uh, it's cramped and it's left like a bruising sensation there. Um, and another person inside of their left knee is uh, just a strong uh, throbbing pain. Any of those going on? A right calf, right ankle, left inside the left knee. Just pop your hand up for me if any of those are going on in the room. Uh, no? No? That's all right? Oh, over here? What's going on for you? Your ankle? What happened? You twisted your ankle. What's your name? Matilda. Awesome name. <laughs> well done, Matilda. Um, well, Matilda, the Holy Spirit is um, just telling us about your ankle because he wants to fix it for you. He wants to fix it for you. So we're going we're gonna to pray for your ankle to get healed in a moment. What's going on over here? Um, I had surgery on my left knee. On your left knee. So what was the surgery? Part of it's broken away. And so what's the problem with it right now? So they've screwed it together and you're experiencing a lot of pain around that. Okay, well, we're going to pray for you too. And we're going to ask Jesus to take away all of the pain. And it's all going to go. It's all going to go. Um, ankle, knee. The other one was... I. Um, this was a different kind of a word as I was singing away up the back there. And we were singing those songs of um, you, uh, your breath's in my lungs or something or other. <laughs> I can't quite remember the wording of it. But as we were <laughs> singing that, uh, I was like, oh, there's people in here who've got lung issues. It's like they have like um, asthma and um, 
like at certain times of the year, their their lungs are, are struggling for strength and life. Anyone got lung stuff going on? That asthma and so forth. So what's bad asthma this winter yep okay sorry what was your name rihanna Rihanna. we're going to pray that jesus would heal that for you tonight now yeah over here okay that i got that word in here too allergies so um we're gonna what was your name andrea beautiful we're gonna pray and ask that jesus would come and touch your lungs as well and heal you of all of that um, sign, uh, those those allergies as well. Uh, the other one I had was a, a, a like a knot. It was like a like a like a knotting pain in my lower left back as I was just worshiping along there. It was like all of a sudden I felt like this tightening in my lower back, and I like I'm like that's not me. I haven't done any exercise today. Uh, so is there anyone like struggling with like a knotting sensation in or like a tightening in their lower? Left back, just down here, like a knot. No? No? Okay. Maybe it was just my poor footwear. <laughs> um, you, I tell you what we'll do is we're going to pray for you, and what we're going to do is we're going to do like Paul did, some of that crazy stuff. You got a hanky or something with you? Something, and what we'll do is we'll do what like Paul did. Okay, we'll we'll pray over the hanky and just say, God, would you touch this hanky? And when it goes home, touch your wife. What's her name? Joe. It would touch Joe, and she would be completely healed yeah. in Jesus' name. I mean, I mean, I know I sound like a fruitcake when I say this stuff. It's not easy to say it, but it's in the book. <laughs> it's in the book. But this is what it means to be, actually come alive into the ways that. God operates, not, not on our level. He operates on a whole other level, but he's inviting us into it in Jesus. He's saying, come on, walk with me in this stuff. I know it's crazy, and, but that's, you know. <laughs> um, so we're going to pray for Joe, for her to be healed. The other one I had was a right uh, shin, just under the knee, just under the knee, the right shin. It was like it was a, like a... I don't know, sometimes you hit it on a coffee table or something like that. It, was, it felt like, like a real strong bruise just on the right shin. Has anyone, anyone got that going on on their right shin? No? Yeah? No, nope. that's okay. All righty. And the last one that I had was, I think it's the last one. Yep. The last one I had was the rib cage. And it was like down this side of their rib cage. And it was really sore. But it was, it was sore because they've recently had like, uh, and it might have to do with the lung thing as well. But they'd had like coughing fits. And because they'd coughed so hard, it's like their body had like in, in response and left like a, like a pain in their ribs from, from like like coughing because they were sick. Is that, is that anyone there on the rib cage thing? Is that I can see the, that hand just. Sorry. So, what was your name? Susan. Okay, Susan. And is that what's happened from your ribs from coughing a lot? Yeah. Okay. How kind is God to talk to us like this, eh? To think that this bloke from a you know over the way just come here and like drops this sort of stuff on us, and it's like, hey. God's doing this, you know. Isn't God so good? We're going to pray that that Jesus will completely heal your ribs and all of that bruising and pain and sensation would just be completely gone. Okay. Now, what? Now, team, team, team. This is where we get to be together, the church. And where through us, the manifold wisdom of God would move with great power to heal and make everything that's not right, right again in Jesus' name. So why don't we get a a few, um, you know, just a few folk around, or if you want to like get in on this and have a go at this, this is how I got involved once. I saw someone stand up like four rows in front of me and they had a, a, a leg that was shorter than the other leg, like dramatically shorter. And I was kind of skeptical of all of this stuff. And I saw so I was four rows away and I kind of like 
oh yeah god do something and like but the people around them were like yeah god you can do this sort of stuff and sure enough this leg grew and it was like outstanding i mean the poor the lady couldn't walk home in a shoe anymore because it had a big heel on it because the leg was short and now the shoe was didn't need it (laughs) didn't need the shoe and so uh she walked home in one shoe but her legs were great and they were completely healed (laughs) and i was like okay i don't know you god (laughs) like i think i do um you're really amazing so why don't we get some of those folk who um just pop their hands up could you um help us just by standing up where you are those that just Yep, had those thing, those conditions, just standing up where you are. And what I want to do is I want to invite um, the Jesus team that's in the house here tonight, i.e. everyone that loves Jesus, to um, mobilise yourselves and just, just for a second just ask, hey, hey, Jesus, who do you want me to go and pray with? Just ask him, check in, and let your heart be drawn to that, that person and their circumstance. Okay, I'll give you five seconds for that. Okay. All right, so just can you just, some folk, just mobilise yourselves and come and stand around those folk. I'm going to kind of coach you through this. And you, you may need to, um, and where it's appropriate, you know, um, we just want to be, you know, have some etiquette and some manners about this. So we need to be careful about how we touch people and where we touch people and all of that. So I'm just going to ask, so over here, we're going to need someone to put their hands on the knee. Um, over here, on the lungs, maybe just to have another woman just put their hand on the top of your chest there, something like that um, would be great. The ankle, we need someone to put their hand on Matilda's ankle, the rib cage down the back. Okay, alrighty. So hang with me. Are you ready? Yeah, cool. Um, all right, everyone ready? I'm just going to coach you through some really simple prayers right now. And so just you might need to ask the name of the person that you're praying with so that you know their name. Okay. All right, here we go. Just repeat after me. Thank you, Father, for your love for this person, whoever it is. So just pray that out loud. Thank you, Father, for your love for... And thank you, Father, for healing power. And in the name of Jesus, we speak to this body and command this body to receive the kingdom of God. Heavenly Father, let your power come now. All right, folks, now just... Have, have just listen in to the Lord right now. And what you need to do is you need to sort of personalise this a little bit for them. So, you know, for the person with the knee thing, you need to just speak to the knee and tell it to be well. Speak to the lungs and tell it to be, them to be well. Tell all the pain to go in the name of Jesus. All the soreness to go in the name of Jesus. So just speak to it like it's a, I don't know, someone's running around doing the wrong thing. You just say, hey, stop it. Now leave in Jesus' name. Okay? Thank you, Heavenly Father. I just ask for an increase of your power in this room right now. We welcome your presence. We welcome healing. In Jesus' name. Ankles be healed. Knees be healed. Lungs be healed. Asthmatic conditions. We break your power in the name of Jesus. We tell you you've got no more authority to restrict the breath and the breathing capacity of our friends in Jesus' name. Tell you to leave now. Go. Go. All soreness and stiffness in the ribs. We just we tell just go now. Let healing come to your body in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Knee, post surgery, all the scarring uh, tissue that's there and the, 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 the bone that's coming back together again. All the pain, we just say, stop it. Stop it right now. Leave in Jesus' name. Knee, receive the healing power of the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you for your kingdom among us tonight, Lord. Hey, guys, just, and I pray, Holy Spirit, you just release words of encouragement, 
I pray you'd just release gifts of grace, of faith, and miracles. I pray that you just release um, prophetic utterances and tongues in this moment. All of the beautiful gifts of who you who you bring, Holy Spirit. Just let them let them be loosed now in this room as the people of Jesus partner with God in this moment. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. So what you want to do, folks, is after you've prayed for a little while, just and you've maybe just listen to the Holy Spirit. There might be some words or pictures that that Jesus wants you to just share with them, to encourage them. Just 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 be courageous. It's okay. Just share with them and say, ah, you know, I think God's saying this and he wants you to know this. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Father, that you, it was your wonderful idea that Coast Vineyard should be born, should be birthed four years ago to be uh, just a wonderful piece of your artwork giving life to this community in this region as people come alive in Jesus, as they come out from underneath the powers that have been at work and they come into the life of your good kingdom. Bless this church, God. I just esteem them before you, Lord. I pray that this place would just go from life to life to life in your name, Lord Jesus. And so many people would find you through the people of Jesus here at the Coast Vineyard. I I, I just have a great sense of the, like, you guys bring a lot of joy to the Lord. You guys bring a lot of joy to the Lord. And I just want to say thank you for letting me come and be a part of your, your celebrations this weekend. It's a real privilege. And I just want to say thank you and God bless you. And the next time you're um, over, over my way, make sure you give us a call and drop on in. It'd be great to see you. But otherwise, just feel free to keep praying until you feel like the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, that's good. And just check in with them. Maybe say, hey, can you just test your ankle, roll it around a little bit, check your knee. Is there any difference going on? Take a breath. Are you breathing easier? Those sorts of things. Just Ask them, just check it out. What's going on? And if it's getting better, go, hey, God, that's awesome. Can we have some more, please? (laughs) Brilliant.